Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, thank you to our worship team for doing a fantastic job of leading us in worship this morning. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Now, uh, I've been doing a marriage series for the last few weeks, and if you missed those three sermons, go back on our app and click on Sermon Series, and you can find uh, the marriage series right there because you don't want to miss that. But I'm starting a new series today entitled Connect. Avoiding separation during isolation. We have been quarantined and we are spending more time with people than ever before in a closed environment. Some of you out there even isolated all by yourself. And the truth is we, we tend to feel this isolation during these times. So how do we connect? More, more importantly than how do we connect, uh, how do we connect with God? During this time, how do we connect with those around us? Because I'm going to tell you, this is a great opportunity for you to connect with the Almighty God and feel close to Him and know your prayers are answered and know your relationship with God's going stronger and stronger. So, for a lot of you who are quarantined at home and um, or isolated at home, if you're not careful, you'll get separated from people. You'll get separated from the Lord. You get out of the rhythms and routines of life, and you wind up during isolation, experiencing separation. Well, how do we avoid that? How do we connect? Well, I want to talk over the next few weeks about uh, connecting. And I want to start off by talking about connecting with God. Over the next few sermons, we're going to talk specifically about connecting with God. And the place for that is this. I want to preach on this today, know God. If I'm going to connect with God, the first thing I have to do is know God. So let, let's, let's start there today. Let's, let's start with how do I know that I have a relationship with an almighty God. Well, if you look at the stats from Pew Research, here's what we discover that do you believe in God or not? 80% of Americans, U.S. adults, believe in God. So if you look, if you ask the average adult in America, do you believe in God? Eight out of 10 are going to say, yes, I do. However, when you ask them this question, do you believe in God as described in the Bible? Only 56 percent believe in the God of the Bible. Another 23 percent believe in some kind of higher power or some kind of spiritual force. And so uh, right off the bat, we, we see there's a disconnect from people who believe in a personal God that you can have a relationship with, the God of the Bible, and those who just believe that God is some kind of spiritual force that exists out there. Well, even if you dive a little deeper, Gallup dug a little deeper, and here's what he found. Only 40%, 49% of Americans believe religion is important in their lives, about half. And then about a quarter of Americans, 23%, say they attend church every week. We know, statistically, the numbers are probably much lower even than that. That's a self reported number and the halo effect always comes into play when people are self-reporting their attendance numbers. So 23% or less of Americans are in church every week. And so here's, here's what that tells me. 
when only 56% of Americans believe in the God of the Bible, when only 49% believe religion is important, when only 23% at the most attend church faithfully, it's no wonder we don't feel connected to a God or even feel like we know God. See, the problem is not that we don't just feel connected to God. The problem is that really we don't even feel like we know God because the starting point for feeling connected to God is knowing him. Listen, you cannot connect with God until you know who God is. So what do we mean when we use the term know God or know him? Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. First of all, it doesn't mean know about him. There are a lot of people that know things about God. There are a lot of people who have read the Bible and they know facts about God. They know facts about the Bible. They can even quote some Bible verses, but they don't really know God. They know about God. Knowing him is not the same as knowing about him. Let me tell you what else it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean knowing religion. See, there are a lot of people that know the ins and outs and nuances of their particular religion, their particular faith, their particular denomination, and because they are, they are uh, dug in in that religion, they feel like, well, I know my religion, so therefore I must know God, but that's not the same as knowing God. It, let me tell you, what else it doesn't mean? Knowing God doesn't mean attending church. You ask a lot of people if you know God, and they'll, well, I come to church, preacher, at least twice a year, maybe even more than that. I mean, I, I, know, I know God, but Look, you ought to come to church. We can't wait, can't wait till we're all back in church. And we're thrilled all of you are watching online. But knowing that we're coming to church is not knowing God. And finally, and I'll just throw this one in as an example, reading your Bible doesn't mean you know God. Again, reading your Bible is important. I'm actually going to talk about that coming up uh, not too many weeks forward. Uh, that's very, very important. But just because you know facts about, about your Bible, listen, all of those are important, but all of those do not equal knowing God. All of those do not equal uh, 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 having a relationship with God. So what does it mean? When we're talking about knowing God, what does it mean to know who God is? Here is the definition I kind of uh, wrote down myself, and I think it'll apply to this. Here's what knowing God means, to know him personally, intimately, and eternally in a growing relationship through his son. To know him personally, that's me and God have a relationship. To know him intimately, that is, I, I'm not just, I didn't just know him yesterday, I'm knowing him more today. To know him eternally, to know that I'm saved, but also that I'm in a growing relationship with him. That's knowing him is a growing relationship, and all of that is through his son, Jesus. The Bible tells us that. John 17, verse 3 says this, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very plain that a relationship with God Almighty always goes through his son, Jesus Christ. You can connect with God through his son. But here's the deal. It's probably not the way you think. In all of this separation we have going on, let me tell you, you can still know God. You can still be close to God. And that's what Paul was trying to tell us in Ephesians chapter 2. Hey, so if you glance down at your Bible, look at Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse number 8. 
For you are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourself. It is God's gift, not from work, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. This passage that Paul writes here contrasts the horrible plot of the unbelievers before their experience with Christ and their new life in Christ now. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning verse number 1, talks about we were dead in trespasses and sin. It takes us back to our pitiful condition before we knew Jesus. But then when you get in uh, verses 8, 9, and 10, it is one of the clearest, most expressive, most loved descriptions of salvation we find anywhere in the New Testament. It is so succinct describing for us how we can know God. It describes how people far away from God, how far away from God we were, and how we can connect with God and even know God right now. Those three verses tell us all of that. Because when you know God, let me say this, there is a peace and comfort that you can't get anywhere else. Some of you are asking the question, why do I need to know God? Listen, if these turbulent times don't tell you that you need to connect with God, what else do you need to Rattle your cage. When you know God, there's a joy that comes only from knowing him. When you know God, there is eternal safety and security. When you know God, there is a purpose for life. There is a guidance for daily living as the Holy Spirit lives this word out through you. So let's talk about knowing God. I want to tell you three things this morning that these verses tell us about knowing God. I just want to help you know for sure that you have a relationship with him. Here's what I want to tell you. Number one, I want to tell you this, that God has already initiated the relationship. That God has already initiated the relationship. That's what Ephesians 2.8 tells us. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. I know that having a relationship with an almighty God may seem like a daunting task because, look, when I sit here on a stage in Rock Spring, Georgia, and I'm talking about having a relationship with an almighty God, I mean, we're talking about the creator of the universe, right? Now, we're talking about the almighty God. Like, here's an interesting thing. If you understand uh, theology at all, you know, the word God needs no descriptor in it. If he's God, he is all that and more, whatever descriptor you want to put in so He needs no great adjective. If he's God, he's God. And now here I said and tell you that you can have a relationship with an almighty God. And Look, when you go up at night and look into the stars, you you feel small then. Imagine if you saw God on the backside of those stars, the one who created it all. Yeah, it feels like a daunting task. But listen, here's the good news. God has started the process. That when it comes to connecting with God and knowing him, you cannot get it started. So God did get it started. And here's what Paul said. Here's how he got it started. Number one, you are saved by grace. Here's the great thing about a connection with God, knowing him. The connection to knowing God is started by grace. Grace means the favor and kindness of God. There's a uniqueness to the grace of God, and that's this. His grace and kindness are given despite the fact that it is undeserved and unmerited. You don't deserve the grace of God. I, I don't deserve the grace of God, the mercy of God. 
but God extends it anyway. And your connection to God has already been started by God. And he, when he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin and mine, that was grace. That was grace. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That was the grace of God. And your connection to God was started on the cross when Jesus died on the cross and rose again for you and for me. That is the grace of God. And here's how, how we get a relationship with God. We understand God's already initiated the process through his grace. Not only that, the Bible says through Faith is knowing and believing and trusting. These are the things that men and women must do in order to know God. You have received salvation, but when you get salvation, you are not passive, you are active. That doesn't mean you contributed anything to your salvation. Faith is not a contribution to salvation. Jesus has done all the work. All you have to do is believe and trust in the work that Jesus has already done. He started it with grace. You can receive it by faith. And then he says this, it's not from ourselves, it is God's gift. See, the grace of God is not from us, it is the precious gift of God. See, the connection to God is his gift to us, his gift to you, his gift to me. God has given us something we could not give to ourselves. You know what that is? A relationship with him, a connection to him. You could not gift yourself that. God has initiated the relationship, the connection, the knowing. Get this. I love this. Because he wanted to know you more than you wanted to know him. Why did God initiate the relationship? Because you couldn't, but more than that, he wants to know you more than you want to know him. If you've heard me preach for any time, you know I talk about my wife, Sherry, a lot. And we met uh, at ShopRite Grocery Store in Chatsworth, Georgia in 1985. I call it the Love Shack. The, the, the Friday night before I met her, her mother interviewed me on the frozen food aisle of ShopRite. And I didn't know. She asked me all these questions about... Um, uh, about what I did, what kind of grades I made in school, and where I went, to, just all these things, a, a, a potential mom hunting for a boyfriend for her oldest daughter might find, and so she had just, I used to sing to my customers, and I can't sing, I just was a happy kid, and, and so um, she interviewed me, and she said, I'm bringing my daughter in next week, and I'm like, and she said, oh, she's so pretty, and I'm like, yeah, that's what all mamas think, but you know, it's not always true. Next Next Friday, she brought Sherry in. The first time I saw her, I was standing in the back room at ShopRite Grocery Store in Chatsworth, Georgia, and I saw her through the little window of the back room, and the moment I saw her, I was absolutely madly in love. Now, let me tell you what I didn't do. We introduced that night, and we talked a little bit that night. Let me tell you what I didn't do. After she, after I bagged up her groceries, carried them out to her car as, as cool, man, I was like Brad Pitt with the grocery cart, man. I was just going as cool as I could go out there, and, and I unloaded the groceries, and I was just all suave about it. After that was over, you know what I didn't do? I didn't go back inside and hope she initiated a relationship. No, that's not what I did. I immediately began orchestrating every part of her life so that she would run into me everywhere she went. I got her phone number and started calling her. 
I found out where she went to church, and I started showing up at church. Man, I went to everything at church. Whatever church was doing, I showed up at church. Men's meetings, WMU meetings, I didn't care. I was there. I just wanted to make sure. I, I was, might have been outside. Whatever stalkers do was what I was doing during that time. See, I wanted to be the dominant thought in her mind, and I did the, my best to make it so. Why? Because I think at that moment, and you'd have to talk to her, I think at that moment, I wanted a relationship more than she did. It was only through relentless stalking that she came to realize she wanted one too. But listen, God does something similar in your life. Here's what I mean. He wants a relationship with you more than you want one with him, so he initiated it. And he started with Jesus and the cross and even in your life now, God has orchestrated your life so that you are listening to me today. You're watching me today. You know, that's no accident that you're listening to this sermon today. God has no doubt in your life been dropping these breadcrumbs all in your life so that those breadcrumbs will always keep pointing you back to him. And you've heard it from the witness of other people who've pointed you from Jesus. Maybe you've stumbled across uh, something on the radio or something in print that's pointed you to Jesus. Maybe there's a longing in your heart that's, that's pointed you to God. Listen, God's grace initiated the relationship. And he orchestrates your life, and it points you back to him. And all you have to do is engage by faith. God has done the work. You have to do the receiving. It is a gift. You may be where you are because God is trying to get you to look up. Sometimes people wonder, why am I in the circumstances that I'm in? Like, why is it that? Here's where I am in life. Why is it that these thoughts are in my mind? Why is it that these circumstances are happening around me? Why is it these people are around me? Why are these good things and or bad things happening to me? Did you ever stop to think that it may be God orchestrating your life? And he's already started the relationship, but maybe he's initiating it a little more heavily today. Here's what you need to know about knowing God. He's already initiated the relationship. Second thing I want to tell you is this. God will not let you work for it. Ephesians 2.9, not from works so that no one can boast. Do you know that no amount of good works can make up for bad works? Keeping the law most of the time does not remove the guilt of breaking the law some of the time. No generous acts of service or obedience to any law can atone for your sin. See, when men try to do work or work their way into God's favor, one of two things will happen. You'll give up in despair because you can't succeed, or you'll declare yourself successful and then boast. And Paul addressed the second situa situation, showing that God's way of salvation eliminates human boasting. That God's way of salvation eliminates human boasting. That God doesn't want you to work Yet for your salvation, God says this, I'll not have you brag on yourself. Because here's the deal. It cannot be grace and works. They cancel each other out. See, if you have to work for it, it wasn't a gift. If you have to work for it, it can't be grace. Work cancels out grace and grace cancels out work. I'll illustrate it very simply. Here it is. I cannot be on a diet and Dairy Queen at the same time. They cancel each other out. 
if I'm on a diet, Dairy Queen cannot be in the picture. And you would say, well, I'm sure there's something at Dairy Queen, maybe for you, but it doesn't work for me. If I'm on a diet, Dairy Queen cancels it out. Dairy Queen is canceled out. If I'm at Dairy Queen, I ain't on no diet. Hey, for those of you who live in the South, here's an illustration. You can't be a Tennessee fan and a Georgia fan at the same time. They cancel each other out. You can't say, man, I want Tennessee to win this week. I want Georgia to win. Nope, nope, not going to happen. You'll never hear anybody say that. Why? One cancels out the other. It can't be grace and works. So it has to be grace. Even Christians get confused on this. When we survey Christians, more than half Christians say that you have to contribute something to your salvation. But God says, no. You cannot work yourself into a connection with God. You cannot work for salvation. Who, and here, here's the problem with that. Here's why you can't. Let me, let me give you a couple reasons why you can't. Here, here, who determines what good and bad is? See, apart from God, there is no universal metric of good and bad. Your good may be my bad. Your bad may be my good. There is no universal metric. So apart from God, there's no metric of who's good and bad. And God's standard of good is perfection. And you blew perfection already, right? Like I, I messed that up a long, long time ago. And here's what he says in Titus 3, 5, that he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing and regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He saved us, not by works of righteousness we have done. Listen, you want to know God, connect with him you want to know that God hears your prayers. You want to know that your eternity is safe, secure, and amazing. You can't work for it. God won't let you. And there's some of you listening today that you've had it in the back of your mind that you can be good enough, that you can do good enough for God to accept you. Like you, you, you maybe have been in church a long time and you've thought, well, if I can just be good enough, like there's some things I can do. There's some, there's some action, like if I go to church enough and if I give enough and if I, if I serve enough, it, God surely will let me in. Listen, he will not. You don't work your way into a relationship with God. You don't work your way into heaven. If you insist on working for your relationship with God, you will ultimately fall short. Why? You cannot work for it. It's got to be grace. It's got to be grace. Number three, I want to tell you about knowing God. And that's once you know him, God does have a plan for your life. Ephesians 2.10, for we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. After you know Christ, you become his workmanship. Here's the great thing. In the Greek, that word literally means a masterpiece uh, from your hands. Like it is something that you crafted that became a masterpiece. Notice what he says in verse 10. You aren't saved by good works, that you are saved for good works. Good works do not produce salvation, but they are the evidence of salvation. And God has prepared them ahead of time for you. So here's what Paul was trying to say. Here's what Paul's trying to say. That when you know and connect with God, he has a divine purpose already laid out for you in your life. And that is amazing. That when you know and connect with God, he already has a divine purpose laid out for you in your life. And the thing is that God has a wonderful plan for your life. He's just waiting and waiting for you to connect with him, for you to know him. And here's the thing about knowing God. God wants to connect with you so much that he initiated and made it simple and did all the work. But Listen, I love this. 
He wants to connect with you because it's the best thing for you. God wants to know you because it's the best thing for you. Why? Because God is already ahead of time. Before you even know him today, God has prepared a wonderful life for you. God has prepared a wonderful purpose for you. God has prepared a wonderful eternity for you. He's just waiting for you to connect and know him. And once you get to know him, your life will be filled with purpose. Now, if you, if, you, if you came to church here, when some of you don't know this, so I need to remind you, some of you don't know that I actually have my first grandchild. There he is. And I look for reasons to put him on the screen, but, but he fits in perfectly right here. I just had, he's 11 months old, and just, we just had our first grandchild, and he likes me already. I, I may be his favorite, you know. Um, actually, his favorite thing is the ceiling fan in my study at home. We don't know why, but he's infatuated with my ceiling fan. Can't take his eyes off of it. Man, that kid loves ceiling fans. The other day, I, I was talking to my wife, and I said, hey, I said, I love Jackson now. I said, but you know what I can't wait for as a grandfather? I can't wait till he's just a little bit older, and we can play catch in the yard. And I, I said, I'm, I can't wait till we can take him to his first Braves game. I can't wait to help him fall in love with the Georgia Bulldogs. I can't wait to have him sit with me in church for just a little bit of time. Like, he's fun now. We love every minute, moment with him now. But you know what I'm doing? I'm already planning out the great things we're going to do in the future. And as soon as he gets a little older and we can connect even better than what we do now, I can't wait to connect even better. Can I tell you that? That's a little bit of what God has planned for you, that God has even greater things for you. He's already planned out a life, an amazing life with you. Just connect now and know him. Find your purpose. You'll find your reason for existence when you know and connect with an almighty God. Have these turbulent times made you think they should have? My family keeps asking me, is this an end times event? And I want to be honest, could be, could be. If nothing else, is at least a forerunner of an end time event. Has it made you realize your own mortality? I mean, has there ever been a day in our lives other outside of a world war where we're tallying deaths day by day by day? Has it made you wonder what life is all about? It should have. It should have. Something's wrong if you're not thinking about God now. So can I introduce you to my God and tell you how you can have a relationship with him? He initiated it, and he won't let you work for it. He's got a wonderful plan planned out for your life. And here's how simple it is to know him today. It's as simple as, A, you've got to admit that you cannot save yourself. You can't. You cannot work your way to heaven. You cannot earn your way to heaven. You have... The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. We're all in the same boat, and you have to get to the place where you say nothing good is in me that I bring to the table. You have to admit that. B, you have to believe that Christ died on the cross for our sins and rose again the third day. That's the gospel, gospel story. And C, you have to confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so... I'm going to ask you, if you, wherever you are, sitting at home in your living room, in a car, at work, wherever you may be, 
If you, don't, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to bow your heads and just pray with me. Now, don't, don't tune out. If you're a believer, I've got some things to tell you about here in just a moment. Don't tune out, but if you'd like to be saved, pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I sinned and I cannot save myself. But I want to know God. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again the third day. And so just now, I confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. And I ask Christ to come into my life to save me and to give me a home in heaven, to forgive me of my sins. And I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Hey, look this way. If you just prayed that prayer, I want you to text, I did, to 97,000. I did to 97,000. When you text that, we're going to get your information and we're going to send you some materials in the mail that'll tell you about the decision you just made and the decision you can make going forward. What are the next steps in the Christian life? And we'll kind of map those out for you and we'll send you a little booklet in the mail that tells you what you just did and what you need to do going forward. Now, there's something else I want to give you to find out the five lies of the enemy. I, I recorded a video this week that the, the five lies the enemy tells you about knowing God. And so to find that, I want you to go to this URL, pvine.org slash sermon. pvine.org slash sermon. pvine.org slash sermon. That video is up right now. And if you have questions or you want to dive just a little bit deeper, it's a five-minute video. If you want to dive just a little bit deeper about knowing God, you can go there as soon as this is over, pvine.org slash sermon. But it's only going to be up for a few days, so you, you want to go there right now. And I want to tell you, during this time of, of isolation, separation, it's a great opportunity for you to take a minute and to go deeper in your connection with God, to, to take out your Bible and turn Netflix off and spend a little time with God. So I want to pray, I want to pray for you. Would just whoever's watching, bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, help us during this time to go deeper. Help us to connect with God. For those who are watching who don't know him, may they know him today. And Lord, I pray that you would help all of us, those who do know you, take this opportunity when we're separated and we're isolated to go even deeper knowing Lord, may it be so. May we get closer to you during this time than we've ever gotten before. May we take advantage of every opportunity to know you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.